Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you in your cars. Thank you uh, as well. Thank you guys for, if you're your first time here, I'm so glad you're here. Jesse, glad you're here. Thank you guys for, for weathering the heat. It won't be long. We'll be inside in this building. We are slowly going to migrate inside. In fact, next Sunday, we're doing a, a soft transition into the building. We'll be working diligently all week to do that. As Amber said, on Thursday night and Friday night, we're just going to have some two nights of worship and prayer six start, starting at 6.30 p.m. We, I invite every one of you to be here. Uh, help us to just embrace the Holy Spirit and invite him in to just take over from this place, this place forward. So we are so excited about the transitions. If you have not been here, I want to catch you up. We are in the last message of this series. We've been talking about the good word. We've been talking about exploring the book of Nehemiah, and we've discussed the good work that Nehemiah set out to do. We, we talked a lot about uh, opposition last week. We talked about uh, what it takes whenever you get a burden uh, to sit down and, 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 and cry, kneel down and pray, and then stand up and do a good work. Stand up and do a good work if God has burdened you with that. Yes, there will be opposition. Yes, there will be challenge. But we talked about, if you haven't heard the messages, I want to encourage you to go back to livewithpurpose.church, listen to our messages. You can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on any of those, those platforms. Our notes are in Uversion, uversion.com. You can find those there. Go to the events through the more section. I want, to, I want you to track with this because we're, we're on a journey. You're on a journey. And if you're in Christ, then God at some point, whether he has yet, but at some point he is going to burden you with something that he has created you to do. You can guarantee that because you have purpose. God has created you on purpose and with purpose. And if there's something I know about you, I know that you are called. I know that you're created for purpose. I know that you've been gifted. Why do I know these things? How do I know these things? It's because God's word says so. And he's speaking specifically to you. But also know you've been created to do something special. That there is a good work that has been intended for you. There's a good work that is embedded inside of you. Your work doesn't look like my work. My work doesn't look like the next person's work. There is a good work that you have been specifically ordained and designed for. We talked about, we're watching through how Nehemiah discovers his burden, how he picks up that burden, how he kneels down, prays, cries, and he begins to just do the work. He, he catches vision. He clarifies the vision. And he's ready at the moment that God creates opportunity. Nehemiah was, he was just a cupbearer. He was a cupbearer to the king of Persia. He, his homeland, he found out, was in shambles. The Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the Sol Solomon's temple, destroyed it all, and left it smoking on fire in rumbles. And for decades, uh, over a century later, it's still that way, and Nehemiah had this burden inside of him that said it ought not be. The people were, were hopeless in, in Jerusalem in that day. They were vulnerable. There were no leaders. There were no walls. There were no gates. It was just, it was just rubble. But someone, he, he, he said, someone needs to do something. He says, maybe I can't do it all, but I can do something. And, and that something ought to ignite 
be the beginning of a fire that lights up inside of you. That's something that you know that you can do because you've seen an issue, a struggle in this world. He's a regular guy, but he knew he could do something. And there's something that you can do. He, he asked for permission to travel over a thousand miles once the king had, had seen that there's something that's burdening him. He had, again, he had a clear vision of what he was going to do, what he was going to do. He, he plans it methodically. He inspires and mobilizes people around him for the good work. He, he begins to believe that he could do it. And with God's help, it actually can be done. And then by the end of this, they're saying, we can rebuild. We can rebuild. We can do it. And here what happens. It began the good work. He started. Then progress came. And as the, the good work goes down, what happens? Opposition heats up, right? Opposition heats up. Then there was the enemies he had. He had Sanballat. He had Tobias. He had Geshem comes along and joins the party. And everything possible was trying to distract him. Because that's the topic of what we're talking about. Shut the front door on distractions. Shut the front door on distractions. This time, because when you start a good work, and you're a burden, and you begin, and the, process, the progress starts, the opposition rises up, and then the distractions start coming along. And you gotta shut the front door on that distraction. So as, the, as Nehemiah would, would begin and continue and inspire to Sambalas, Tobias, Geshem, they would constantly talk and jibber-jabber and spread and, and, and lies after lies after lies. But here's what you got to know about this. If your enemy can't destroy you, he will do all he can to distract you. He will bring something that is gold and looks so good and is shiny in your eye. You think... That's the next thing I should be doing, but it's not. It's a distraction from the very thing that God has called you and purposed you to do. Yes. So if he can't destroy you, if he can't wear you down, he will begin to distract you. And in your weakest moments, he will begin to give you another option and think, make you think, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I wasn't called to do this. Maybe this isn't my purpose. Maybe, maybe this was just me. Maybe it was my voice that I heard. Distraction, 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 distraction. Shut the front door. Nehemiah 6.1.2 says this. Sambal and Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of, your, of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained. Though we had not yet seen up, set up the doors and the gate, so Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plan, plain of Onam. Tip number one in this is whatever you do, never meet your enemy in a place called Ono. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. So he, he knew that tip. He was wise enough to say, oh no, I'm not going to oh no to meet an enemy. So what does he do? Here's where, here's where some people might think, oh, 
Here's an invitation to have a conversation with somebody who is my enemy. Maybe this is a great opportunity for me to win them over, to change their mind. Maybe it's a, a time to start building my brand so I can get recognition so somebody will know that me, my name, who I am, changed the voice of all the enemy, the distraction, the lies in the community so that they would be in agreement with what I would do. So many times we think, well, maybe this is a time where I can actually promote myself or I can put myself in a place of opportunity. I can put myself in a place of position. But what you need to know is sometimes the thing, the very thing that we think is the right path, is a great path, is a self-fulfilling path, is actually a distraction from the enemy. No more, no more would, would Satan love for us to stop doing the good work, to go down and be distracted by a bunch of chaos. What we all, what we call an opportunity, God often calls a distraction. What we call an opportunity, we're doing the good work, we're steadfast, and then some other opportunity comes along, but we often call it an opportunity God calls a distraction. Never has it been easier than now to be distracted, right? Never has it been, has it been a, a great, have we become great at doing stuff? It doesn't matter. Never have we become more passionate about doing things that will never last. We've become more passionate about doing nothingness. We've become more distracted by our technology, social media, Whatever it is, it's stealing your attention. Never before have we been more distracted and more passionate about those distractions that do nothing for the kingdom. Never before. If the devil can't destroy you, he'll do all he can to distract you. The, enemy, the enemies of Nehemiah's meeting, they, they ask for a meeting. Nehemiah rejects the meeting, and then he keeps building the wall. You need to know this. You grow more with your no's than you do with your yeses. You grow more by saying no to the distractions because you're saying yes to what's going to stay, keep you steadfast and focused on the vision, on the purpose that God's created. You grow more in the ability to say no. However, we struggle saying no. And maybe it's not a no. Maybe, maybe, maybe you intend to say no, but you can't say no. I'm going to show you how to say no. You do this. You kind of turn your head a little bit to the left or to the right, and you say no. Hey, you want to go here after? No. Hey, you want to go do it? No. No. Hey, you want to you want to go here for a break? No. Want to go see my kids? I've been working hard, hard all day. I've been doing what God's called me to do. I want to go spend time with my family. Hey, you want to go out here and go fishing? No. I want to go fishing on Saturday. I want to go to, no, we go to fishing today. I want to go fishing right with my family. I want to go, I want to go spend some time. With my, hey, you want to go do this? You want to go out here and start working over here? No. No. No is a complete sentence, by the way. You can say no. You've got to learn to say no because there's so many distractions that come along the way that are trying to steal you from the focus of what God has created and purposed you to do. If you are always available to everyone, eventually you'll have nothing to give anyone. If you are dancing all over the place trying to please everyone because you can't say no, you will have nothing to give 
to anyone. But if you start saying yes to the things that you know God has called you to do, you will have reserve. You will have what you need. You will have time. You will have plenty. You will have what God ordained and has gifted you with to fulfill the very things that are truly important to your life. It's saying, learning to say yes to the right things and no to the distractions. And just because you could doesn't mean you should. Come on. Four times the same exact message was sent to Nehemiah. Hey, you need to stop rebuilding. Let's talk. Stop rebuilding. What you're doing, hey, just slow down. Let's come over here and let's talk. Here's what happened. Nehemiah 6, 5, 6 says this. The fifth time, Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand. And this is what it said. There's a rumor. There's a rumor. Here's what a rumor. Rumors are carried by haters. They're spread by fools. And they're accepted by idiots. There's a rumor. Hey, Misty, there's a rumor. You get late, you get called out. There's a rumor. You got to church late. There's a rumor. Hey, Deb, there's a rumor. Anybody ever heard that? There's a rumor. Here's, what you, here's how that continues. There's a rumor among the surrounding nations that Geshem tells me it is true. That you and the Jews are planning to rebel and that that is why you are building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be there. There's a rumor you plan to be their king. You will never do big things if you are distracted by small-minded people. There's a rumor. Shut the front door. There's a rumor you'll never do anything that impacts if you're constantly listening to the rumors, the distraction, the voice of small-minded individuals. There's a rumor. There's a rumor. It's not, not, we're not going to let someone else's opinion of you distract you. What disrupt? We're not going to let it disrupt you. We're gonna, not going to let it disrupt us from what God's calling on our lives are. You will never do big things if you're distracted by small-minded people. When you hear a rumor about you, never feel like it deserves a response. You just keep doing what God is, what you know God is calling you to do right now, and God will vindicate and God will bring the truth. And those people who have been accepting and listening to the rumors will one day see how can that be true if he or she is so steadfast in what God has obviously called them to do. There's a rumor. I'm shutting the front door on rumors. Nehemiah 6.8 says this. I replied, there's no truth in any part of your story. You are making, the, making up the whole thing. So instead of, of letting opposition discourage Nehemiah, what does he do? He becomes more determined. Oh, you got a lot of stuff that you want to say about me. Great. That's just going to cause me to become more determined to show you that what you think is true is not actually the truth. Look at here in Nehemiah 6, 9. They were just trying to in intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. You ever had anybody talk about you? You ever had anybody just say, speak lies about you? You ever had somebody just want to just deface and debunk your name? And have you ever decided you weren't going to let it keep you from doing what you are doing? 
Come on. You became more determined to fulfill the very vision that was in your heart of whatever it was. Because you fulfilled it, you had vision for it. You became more determined. I put a little fuel on my fire. I use those rumors for a little fuel. Oh, we'll see. Oh, they're going to move there. They think they're going to change. They're just running from their problems. Let's see. I'm going to use that as a little fuel for my fire, and I'm going to move forward. There's a rumor. Shut the front door on that and use all I can to get going even more. Determination. No voice of distraction, whether the, the people or Satan will distract me from doing the will of God. Listen to no voice of distraction. Sometimes it's your own voice. Sometimes you just need to take a nap and stop listening to that voice and get up and do what you knew you were supposed to be doing anyway. They kept working. They had a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other. It's like this. I got my Bible and I got the Spirit. I got the sword and the Spirit working together to empower me and strengthen me to continue doing the good work that God has called me to do. And that's what they did. They grabbed the tool and they, they grabbed the weapon. They were ready to work and they were ready to protect themselves all at the same time. Then when you start to put your hands to the good work, here's, here's some things that start to happen. You start to see progress. And this is danger sometimes. You start to see God's favor. You start seeing growth, maybe in your thrive tribe. You start to see, you start to see that lives are being changed as you're starting to minister to students or adults or whatever the case may be. You start to, you start to see the grass start to grow around you a little bit. You start to say, man, people keep coming to me and looking for help. And I all of a sudden have some answers. And God starts to use me. But the worst thing is to is to allow the external success to do internal damage to your heart. Because when we're immature, we start to think that we have now arrived and we are so good and we forget that it is God's grace over us that is doing the work through us. And the reason that lives are being changed and the grass is growing around us green is because of what God is doing and because how I'm submitting, not because I'm, I'm rising up and all of a sudden I'm so gifted. There's a danger that comes with this being steadfast and doing the work and beginning to receive the credit for the work and not realizing and forgetting and not remembering that it is God's grace on my life that he is doing the work. To think that the things are developing because of us and not because of God. When we start to embrace the glory rather than handing it back over. And one of the biggest potential distractions that comes with success is the distraction of an entitled spirit. All of a sudden, well, I need more. I'm doing all this, so I should be getting. I should be getting something. I'm, I'm doing all this. I need a raise. I'm, I'm doing all this. I need to have some perks. I need. I need to have some benefits because I am doing so much and I am so great and I have arrived. There's a spirit of entitlement that comes when we embrace the glory of God of what he's doing through us and we start to think it's because of us. You getting me? And the only way we're going to rise up is if we go low. And the only way we're going to be established is if we break ourselves down. And the only way we're really going to achieve and, 
and get all that God created and purposed us for and has destined for us is if we hand it back away, if we give it back to God. And it's completely adverse to the human mind, and God uses this these levels of growth to work the stuff out of our hearts because of the price I've paid, I deserve more. No, you deserve to die even more and go even lower because you have been blessed with so much more opportunity because God's heart is people. And anytime you're ministering to people to whom much is given, much is much more is demanded. Scripture says, Nehemiah 16 says, what, let's do what Nehemiah did. Later I went to visit Shemai. He said, let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the doors shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. He's like, I'm your buddy. Hey, I've got some intel. You really need my intel. You got, you got, there's, the enemies have a bounty on your head. You need to do something. Come Tonight, they're coming tonight. You need to come. Let's go hide and lock ourselves in the temple. Now, Nehemiah, he actually, being a governor, had the authority to enter into the temple. But if he would have done it under these circumstances, he would have done it for his own personal gain, and he would have sinned against God. Because you don't go in the temple for your own purposes. You go in the temple for the purposes of God. So if he would have entered into the temple under these circumstances, he would have done it for his own protection and not to do the will of God. In that moment, he would have sinned against God and he would have lost his credibility before others and in his ability to do the good work that God has set him out to do. Let that set for a minute. Because so often we hear rumors, we start to move around, we get distracted or we get an entitled spirit and all of a sudden I need it for my personal gain and it's not to bring glory to the name of the Father. This would have been abuse, sinning against God and loss of credibility. Not now, uh, Nehemiah 6.11 says this, but I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his own life? no. No, I won't do it. He shut the front door on that idea. I won't do it. I realized that God had, had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sam Ballot had paid him, had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. You ever had anybody try to lead you into something only so that they could accuse or discredit your value, your name, your work? You ever had a friend that wants to knock you off course and get you involved in some things you know you shouldn't be doing only because they want your name to be like their name? They want to be discredited. Well, you to be discredited because they feel discredited. Anybody? You got to learn to say no and shut the front door and stay steadfast on what God and you know God has purposed and called you to do. It's not about my name being, being lifted. It's not about my name being known. I'm not going to go hide out and take special privileges and refuse to lead. I'll refuse to lead to serve with an entitled heart. When we started, 
And it's not about you when you start something, and it's not going to be about you now. Nehemiah said, it's not about me when I started, and it's not going to be about me now. It's not about me when we started Thrive Community Church, and it's not going to be about me now. It wasn't about any staff member, and it's not going to be about them now. It wasn't about any GO team member, it was not going to be about them now. We're going to lift up the name of the Father. We didn't come to make a name. Make a name. We came here to build a wall, is what he said. We came here to do the good work. We came here to bring healing and freedom to a lost and a hurting world. How can we bring healing and freedom if we make it about us? How can, how can I build this wall and leave people if I'm running into the temple as a sign of danger? How can I do the good work that God has purposed me for if I'm going to run from every distraction and every lie and every rumor and not learn to shut the front door and say no? Preaching. Not about my name being known, but about his name being known. I don't do what I do because of what I might get. I do what I do because of what God has already done in my life. And the more you realize what God has done in your life, the more you want to give back to the Father. The more you want to give, the more you want to serve, the more you want to do back to him. Because if you've done this for me, I want to do even more so for you. It creates a burden, a drive, a desire. So when we don't lead or serve with an entitled heart, we realize we have our, and we, we, we have ours. We have everything we need. And we don't have everything we need by the grace of God because sometimes those things would have been distractions anyway. And God has given you and is providing you with everything you need for where you are in the leg of the journey to fulfill the things he has purposed you for right now. And some people say this, there's new levels and new devils. I say there's new places and new graces. When I move into a new place because I've learned to die a little bit more to myself, there's new grace that comes upon me. And that grace empowers me to move forward and to do with all diligence and determination the things that God has set before me to do. Why? Because I realize it's not about me. And I also realize he's already doing it anyway. I just got to die a little bit more. Each level of growth along with your spiritual journey is intentional to get you and you're grumbling out of the way so God can get you focused on what is most important. When you start to grumble because God is moving you into something, you know there's a new place that comes with a new grace that God is leading you into. It's the grumbling that show you levels of growth. Then you have to go low and find some peace in him and receive grace to move beyond the grumbling because he's trying to get some stuff out of your heart that, doesn't, that, that is, does not belong there. Shouldn't exist. Shouldn't exist. Nehemiah says this in 6.3. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work. Not a good work. I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? He says, I'm not trying to do what's impressive. I'm trying to do what I'm called to do. And what I'm called to do, I'm called to do what's important. He says, I'm not trying, not trying to do what is popular. I'm just living out my purpose. We're trying to do what is popular. We're allowing culture to shape who we are. 
But we're living on our purpose. We don't care about the rumors. We don't care about the distractions. We don't care about the fill in the blank. We don't care about any of it. We don't care about the friends who used to be friends and say they're no longer friends. We don't care about what they say because we're not going to allow our name to be discredited because we're not doing what they're doing. No, when you stay steadfast, they will see, wow, they're determined. There's some determination I need in my life. Maybe there's some things that I need to learn from him or her. Maybe I need to start living a little bit differently so I can find some passion, some drive, some determination in my own life. If you just stay steadfast, you start to change minds. You start to change hearts. And you see lives begin to transform around you. Not coming down. I'm not backing off. I'm not taking my eyes off the prize. I am doing a great work. I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah, thank you. I'm hearing it already. But maybe it's that mom out there. It's like, I just can't do what I really want to do because of these kids. And I can't, I can't, I can't. But that's your season. That's that's the season you're purposed for and not by accident. That's, that's what you're called to do right now. Maybe, that, maybe it's that person that's, man, I really, I really am trying to start a business. I'm trying to get these things kicked off. I really, I really want to do this. And maybe that's the burden that God is giving you. Maybe that's the thing and, and you feel like, I don't know how I can do that. I don't know if it's ever going to pay. I don't know if it's ever going to bring in a... And you're stretched between two things, one thing that's comfortable and one thing that's extremely uncomfortable. And yet you know God is calling you to do it, but you just don't see how he will provide because you haven't tested his faithfulness. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's, maybe it's someone who's been believing for God's provision because of a circumstance you or your family is going through. And there's some things that are right there on your heart and you know you ought to do so that God's hand can be released and be free. And it's that leap of faith that is going to propel you into that next level, that next place with new graces. Maybe that's you. Maybe maybe that's you. You've been, you just love teens and you really want to get involved and you don't know how to start. And that, that Thrive Student Ministry, I really would love to get involved with the, the, the students. But I don't know what to do. I'll be rejected. I won't be received. I don't know if they're going to accept me. I don't know. All those lives. I know them. I've heard every one of them. But you move forward. Maybe there's a ministry in, in town you just want to start serving in. You just want to be a part of something. I don't know how. I don't know if I'll be received. I don't know if I'll be accepted. Maybe you just maybe you're just trying to figure this whole thing out and you need to be a part of a thrive tribe, right? You're just trying to figure out how do I find some friends? How do I get involved? How do I how do I do things differently than with the way my life has been? Maybe just start serving right where you're at. Maybe it's just time to get involved. Maybe all of your distractions are all in your free time and they're in your head because it's not busy enough doing something of importance. Maybe you're depressed because you're giving yourself too much downtime and you're, have, you're not doing anything that truly has value and God has been calling you into start serving in a way that gives you value back. Maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe you're doing the good work and you just need to say, I can't come down. Maybe there's voices of discouragement. Maybe there's spiritual opposition around you. Maybe people are laughing at you. I can't come down. I've got to stay steadfast. I'm doing the good work. Nehemiah 6, 14, 15 says this. Remember, oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember Noadiah, the prophet, and all the prophets like her who had tried to intimidate. So on October 2nd, it says, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. Just 52 days. They built something that had been destroyed for 140 years. Do you really think it was never in anyone's heart to restore the walls in Jerusalem for 140 years? But one man finally said, enough is enough. I can't do it all, but I can do something. And people saw it. They were inspired, and they rallied around that thing. There were no miracles from God. None. There was no, no, no food from heaven. No fire from the sky. There was no burning bush. There's no parting of the sea in this story. There was one man, one ordinary man, that heard a story, had a burden, that turned into passion, and he thought, well, maybe, just maybe, because of the grace of God on my life, this might be able to happen. And so he put his feet and his hands to a good work. There was no army of 10-foot angels with eyes blazing, with supernatural chainsaws that were going at work. There was no song saying, we are the champions behind them. None of it. It was an ordinary man who had a burden that turned into passion. He had a vision, and he knew his God was a good God. Nehemiah 6.16 says, When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. You ever tried to do something, and then all of a sudden, people are mocking you, but when you stay steadfast and that thing works, they stand back and say, wow, that, they were committed. They were determined. That, that must have been God on them. If you listen to those distractions in the beginning, you will never fulfill the purpose and the calling and the gap that God has created you for. You will never do the good work, but you have to, you have to get up after sitting down and praying and crying a little bit. And you've got to put your hands and feet to the good work, shut the front door, say no to distractions, not have an entitled spirit, and just get going. The greater the opposition against you, the greater the opportunity for your God to fight for you. You'll never finish what you don't start. And many of you are here today because there's something that God wants you to start doing today. 
Maybe there's something that God wants you to start doing right here at Thrive Community Church. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to no longer be distracted, start saying no to the wrong things, and start saying yes to things that actually have eternal value. Maybe it's a time for you to do a little survey, a little budgeting of your time, a little review of what it is you actually spend your time and attention giving to, doing, putting your heart on, whatever it is that is distracting you. Maybe it's time to become more aware. Maybe it's time to reset that screen time that's on your phone that'll shut off when you've been spending too much time there. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to begin the good work. No, no. Maybe it's time to begin the great work. Because there's a great work that God has ordained and destined for. And you will be grumbling until you get there. You will be dissatisfied until you start to discover what that lane that you've been created for is. That was Nehemiah's story. That's your story. That's my story. That's all of us. I want to pray for you. Thank God that you just light us up. There's, there's those souls that are here that are they're being lit, lit up in the spirit because of what this message, your message is speaking to them and they're tired of letting the truth fall flat upon them. And they're ready to respond with hope and with passion to a good work. They're ready for a challenge. They're ready for renewal. They're ready to give up the distractions and start doing something that has importance. I just want you to ask, I want to ask you right where you are. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? Because this is a response to the Father. But you're tired of status quo. You're tired of the distractions. You're tired. So Father, I just pray for an extra measure of grace on every hand that was raised in this place today. Pray for your spirit to infiltrate their hearts. I pray that you awaken those who, who have yet to raise their hand to anything of challenge and change, of, of renewal. I pray that you strengthen people to learn how to say no and shut the front door on distractions. And start saying yes to things that are truly important, that truly have eternal value, that truly will bring kingdom change to the world around them. Father, we just pray for your heart to be carried by every individual in this place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, God.